0: On this episode of the podcast, Brian Kelly returns to talk about his podcast that he started a year ago in December of 2018. And it's not so much talking about podcasting as it is the art of committing to something, seeing it through for a year, seeing where you are, and if you'd stop or continue. I absolutely love Brian as a human being. This was a lot of fun. If you don't know him, he is a photographer, he's a videographer, he's a director, he's a father, and of course, Podcaster. You can find him at Brian Kelly Studios if you want photography and those sorts of things, or you can find the podcast at full exposurepodcast.com. Now, I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I
1: can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret.
0: I'm always angry. <laughs> Praise don't tell to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it.
1: Get the music. How are you? I'm good. Are we going? We're How always was, going. Oh, my we're, God. We're always going.
0: I'm good. You I'm are good. good. I mean there is no better place for me to start in 2020 in a new decade than, than with you. So
1: Well, you're way too generous. No, I too.
0: I, I mean it's you've been on this process for a year and I really wanted to start this year by talking to you about oh. the evolution of the, of the podcast, right? You you started sure. it last, you know, a year ago December. Partially your fault. Par- Most, <laughs> partially my your fault. fault. Yeah. But uh, I've been
1: fa- like the process has been fascinating to me. How's it been going? It's been beyond my wildest expectation. I didn't really have any expectations, so when the, I set the bar low for myself, sure. Right? Yeah. So
0: but that—I mean, for people who don't know you, that's literally your gear, right? Like
1: <laughs> setting low expectations. Like you set the
0: bar on the floor and then <laughs> leap over it by eighty-eight feet. Like that's sort of how you operate.
1: Um, Maybe this was born out of just an approach. I, I mean I'm I'm busy as a video director and a and a photographer and I have that those two sides of my business and it, it occupies all my time. And sure. to start a podcast for me was like something I, I really had to think about before I did it because I didn't want to start um I think there's some statistics that most podcasts go what six episodes. Six or and seven, yeah. Yeah, and then they die. So um Partly I had started thinking about a podcast just to reset it um, about I uh, I don't even know, probably a year and a half ago now, thought about it. And I thought, I'm a dumb creative. I get excited about things. They run out of gas. Ideas yeah, turn yeah. out to be yep. not so good. So uh, I, I um, set aside the impulse to, to start right away and give it some more time. And I thought if I have that voice, still nagging at me in a year, I'll do it. And then I'll commit to a year of like running hard at it. Wait, uh,
0: so this thing is like a two-year?
1: Well, now, if you add on, I'm, I'm coming up in March, it'll be a year. So. A year of you kind of incubating. But I had a year of thinking about it, and towards about six months into that year, six or nine months into that year of thinking about it, you and I sat down and did did your sure. podcast. Sure, yeah. And, and then out of that experience, I started to formulate... Thinking about, I'm going to do this. How am I going to do it, and when will I start to launch? So I think three or three, two or three months after our conversation, I launched the first episode.
0: And and so we're at sixteen. How many episodes? Twenty four
1: or five. Twenty four or five. Gotcha. Yeah, thanks nice. for listening.
0: I listen. I just don't keep count. <laughs> no, just kidding. Because thank God you're not one of those I'm guys joking. who like <laughs> on episode eighty three of the. Um, no. But what was interesting is uh, your last episode with... Carter, what i found fascinating is is just the evolution of all of the ancillary media around it right in that one there's drone footage there's yeah you know um what what has that sort of evolution been like for you because typically most podcasters approach this from an audio only perspective or they're doing sort of the basics of what i'm doing just throw a camera on record some stuff chop it up and do whatever but you have taken that to next level yeah uh, given your Aesthetic, well, that's my right? background, yeah, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. and also
1: the premise of my podcast is rooted out of what I've done for 22 years, which is create portraits of people. So, uh, for people who don't know, the premise of my podcast on Full Exposure with Brian Kelly is I invite somebody to a, um, create a portrait in my studio or on location, someplace important to that person. And in, in Carter's case, it was out in Malibu, California. But point is, uh, I want to start the episode with me creating a portrait of somebody that's what I love to do it's my profession sure it's it's how I um, live and breathe and see the world is through portraits and um, and then once that portrait session is done we sit down and talk for about an hour about whatever we want and the reason I started it uh, the premise is that is because I would um, always use conversation to diffuse people and to uh, get them to relax and and then the photo shoot would end that we were on and the right, conversation right. ended. Yeah, so yeah. we are like, see you later. So I had an authentic, I think, uh, approach to the premise of why am I going to, I'm not going to talk about gardening or things I don't know about. Sure. Uh, I, but it was an extension of something I do for a living that is an intimate conversation between two people. The video side is also what I do. I have a production company. I've, I direct videos. I shoot commercials. I do all kinds of things with video. So. That was just like more of a selfish way of saying, okay, I have a great production studio. I get people a little behind the scenes of the conversation. But then accidentally or just through listening to experts like yourself or other people in social media just having various um, content and, and different, um, be able to serialize content outside of just depending on an audio-only file. Right. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah. finding it and then listening to it all and having all of some All yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So our footprint, our growth has been uh, uh, incredible in the video side of it. And those impressions to me are almost, well, they're not almost, they are way more important to me than who downloads the entire episode and listens to it all.
0: And so for people who would probably pause at this point and go, what, what the hell is it? What? It, explain what you mean by that.
1: Well, what it means is that, um, our audience reach is, uh, I wouldn't even guess at the factor of how many times through um, video impressions. So people will approach me and say, I've been watching your podcast, or I saw that episode. So I know how they're listening and how they're seeing. They'll say, I saw you on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, whatever. So I know that they're consuming the content um, in shorter snippets, two to 10 minute video clips. And uh, they might then download the whole episode or they might not or they just want to watch videos and get a sense of what that conversation was about. So for me, in terms of returning value, in terms of is the podcast making any dent in the world? Am I just shouting into the, you know, the (laughs) abyss? Uh, It's been super encouraging because we have um, tens of thousands of people that have um, looked at viewed videos um, certain videos have had 10 to 20,000 views. Just that's awesome. On those. So, um, so that's the approach is that now when I, um, talk about partnership with people like Metro health came on as a, a, a partner, those are the audience figures that are relevant and a lot of their logo placements and I don't want to get in the weeds of yeah, business, yeah, yeah. but yep. the point is, is like returning something for their investment into partnering with me on a podcast is showing logos. Having of um, you know a voiceover and their presence in those videos, which gets way more views than direct audio downloads, where you only can hear me do a twenty second ad read about sure Metro Health. So I don't know. That's the growth of it.
0: And so you you just came off of a road trip, right? That was one of the evolutions in the yep. first year, which in and of itself is pretty impressive, right? Because yep. we are sitting at the the desk of where you kind of your home studio version, and then sure. there's a there's a hey we we go to your place version. Yeah. And you were out shooting. A commercial or a bunch of commercials when you were in California.
1: I only went out for the podcast.
0: Oh, I thought you. Went, I thought you had a gig too. No, you just went out for the podcast. No gig.
1: The gig was the podcast. Nice. So I had arranged for five different guests that I. Um, some of them I had no connection to. Some of them I had deep connections with. Um, but I started to compile a list of people if I had if I went to L.A. Who would I ask? And so I. I asked a few more than that but I got five to confirm pretty quickly and we had six days to shoot everything which could just getting around LA and doing some things (laughs) and getting up to Malibu which was
0: which was my next question right is is the thing about what you do and then when you add two more elements to what you do right you have one shot to do this right um you got one shot to record the podcast one shot to get the videos one shot to get the photos what is what's your What's your process like when you show up? Like, let's go to the Rob Bell episode because I, sure. I think it's sort of a, a, a humorous anecdote, right? Like he essentially leaves you at his house to go pick yeah. up his daughter, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And what you know, what is going through your head at that point, knowing that when he walks in, you've got to go. There is yeah. no, hey man, how's it go? It's like right. we're sitting down and we're doing a show.
1: Yeah, and uh, because of the partnership uh, with sp- some sponsorship dollars with Metro Health. I'm afforded a, of some crew. I'm not doing everything DIY sure. I have Mark Andrus who's my um, he manages all the cameras and I, I manage the audio because we're talking into the mics. Um, we also had a lighting assistant that was low LA based. So uh, for Rob's, we'll just break it down. Rob's episode was we, were, we prearranged to, to meet I think it was two o'clock. We loaded into his house. We had a, 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 I came in a rental van. Uh, the lighting guy came with a small truck of gear and these are small productions but compared yeah, to what real, we they normally they sound do. really small uh, it's you know <laughs> I'm totally, in, I'm totally in, you know. it is la so everything we do is small <laughs> there compared to uh but so we do want a little bit of lighting you know again i'm in video and photography yeah. and all this stuff so uh, i want it to have production value even if we're on location so met rob said hello had a brief conversation um looked at his house decided we we're gonna just sit at his dining room table And then we started setting up the lighting. In the meantime, he leaves to go pick up his daughter from school. And, uh, my thought is like, what am I going to talk to this guy about? Rob was somebody I had no, I know who Rob is. I I, I, I didn't go to, I don't, didn't go to his church. But I know the arc of his journey and who he is today and what he's been doing. But I have no personal connection. I knew his brother and we had some mutual friends that sort of greased the wheels for him to even do the episode at his home. So, um, just, you know, tried to set a vibe and, you know, just uh, to just get a temperature check. That's always the yeah. that first thing that happens is like, what, what kind of mood is this person in? Yep. Is it prickly or whatever? So uh, he said, hey, I'm going to run and do, uh, drop my, or pick up my daughter from school. That's like non negotiable. And so he um, took off and we were setting up anyway. So it was great. Well, uh, it's, uh, you know, we'll be ready to go when you do that. So, um, Normally we do the portrait first. Uh, Rob's we did second. I made the choice. It was hot. It was in the afternoon. I'm a larger guy at the moment. <laughs> I don't wanna and and doing photography outdoors always, you know, it's a it's more stressful on me than it looks, I think, probably. I'm I'm thinking all the time about lighting and how I'm gonna work with people outside. So I expend a bit of energy and I didn't want to get sweaty. So <laughs> for the for the indoor energy. Sure, yeah. So we did the, the conversation first and then uh, did the conversation first and then and then ended up doing the portraits outside by his pool and, and did a couple indoors, but I didn't like him very much. So we took the outside stuff for the edit. Um, I did some prep work. I listened to more of his Robcast on the plane coming out, revisited some news stories about him and then just fired into it. But while he was gone, uh, he has a, he had a, a tree, treat, one of those book trees or bookshelves. Sure. Yeah. And just had 50 books on it and I just started, and it wasn't snooping. It was right by the front door in the, in the living room that we were setting right. up. And so I just started going through his coffee table book collection and, and then found some really interesting stuff. He loves the beastie boys. I love the beastie boys. He loves I way He likes, uh, Banksy.
0: Which, Counter. We, you know, I, I use that one because that one seemed like... Um, and we've been friends long enough so I can sort of stumble around this. That, that one seemed like it might have been a little cool at the beginning, right? Until you started talking about the books. And then you sort of opened him up, you know? Well... Uh, and th- obviously because he I doesn't... jumped know if- him with that right away. Yeah.
1: And I think that set the tone. I think for him to go, oh, this is a different kind of podcast conversation. I wasn't there. I told him up front when I met him before cameras rolled. I said, I'm not here to play the broken evangelical, either you being broken or me being broken. And I need you to fix me like that narrative. I'm not interested in that narrative. So, um, and he, he laughed at that. He thought that was funny. And so, um, but then when I approached him about art and books and all these sort of these outsiders, these renegades that are on his book, they're, they're in his book collection. He's a renegade. He's an outsider. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that teed it up in a different way and sort of quickly reframed um, maybe what he thought he was gonna getting into. If he gave it any thought, I have no idea. <laughs> I also don't think he maybe, you know, he's a different cat. So, um, Well,
0: and that's what I mean. Like, the, yeah. before you get, like, the the seconds before you get into it, it sort of feels like he's not real sure what's going to happen here, yeah. right? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah man, hey, how's it right. going? And then, you know, after that, you sort of...
1: Well, you and I have talked about that experience too, just being podcasters. It takes, uh, regardless who it is, I think the best content comes about halfway through towards the end. Yeah,
0: because what we talk about all the time is right. you've got to break people's veneer. Yeah. And that sounds violent and physical, but it, it's really not. When people show up, and, and you and I have been in enough formal situations, right? Hey, what's your name? Oh, Brian Kelly, what do you yeah. do? I'm a photographer. Oh, what, what would you have shot that I would know? Yeah. Da-da, 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 da-da. But yeah. if they talk to you for five more minutes... Yeah, They might learn something about you as opposed yeah. to what they could just get from your Wikipedia entry. You yeah,
1: know? and in a podcast format, um, you know, you just, you cannot, if you're a guest, you cannot sustain no. a veneer. Eventually, you're going to start, um, you know, re- you're going to relax. Your body language is going to relax. You're going to lean into it. You're going to be... Uh, you're going to forget that you're projecting and that you're cycling answers in your head before they come out of your mouth. Like, I, it, all that is important to get rid of. Do
0: you think, because I have not done um, many in people's homes. I've done a couple in people's homes, but I've done a lot on location. Do you think that going to somebody's location loosens them up faster
1: than when they come here? Uh, I don't know yet. I think uh, in my mind, I would say, yeah, I want to believe that. I don't know if it's true. Um I say that I think you the, the, the curiosity from a selfish standpoint, there's two or three layers of curiosity about going to Rob Bell's home. One is, what's it look like? He's been on Oprah, he traveled all he travels the world giving talks and you know, uh he's a best selling author. What does it look like in LA? Is it a mansion? Is it not a mansion? Is it a normal house? You know, and those sort of questions I have sort of inform me indirectly, like how this person lives, how they perceive themselves. Like there's a lot of answers and clues and questions I have when you see somebody's home. And I have photographed, you know, through the just the accident of what I do for a living. I've been in incredibly rich people's homes, documenting the home or doing portrait sessions or celebrity home or whatever it might be. Or just normal. I shot a thing in Detroit yesterday. That was a, a woman in Warren, Michigan, who got get airlifted out of a, a cruise uh, that she was on in Alaska. And that was I was illustrating something for a, a magazine. So all over the place. That's why I love the camera and photography. And we could talk about that for days. But the other thing is the curiosity. The audience has a curiosity: of who Rob Bell is? What does he look like? What is what does he really? What's his dining room look like? You know, it's right, all sort right. of like yeah, this yeah. sort of. Um, You know fly on the wall sort of i'm a voyeur i'm a photographer i like to observe i like to watch i like to like create my own conclusions They like probably are off base but you know what i mean you have some instinct about who people are um i forget where i ran out of gas on that but there was another point in there maybe about how um
0: i was just asking like like, do you you find like they relax quicker because it seems like and again having listened to Carter's episode and then watched mm-hmm. the videos, there's, yeah. there's a, there's a disparity in yeah. because the visual adds something that you don't pick up in the audio yeah, and sure. it feels like at some point he gets a little bit more relaxed when he's outside. Carter was you super know.
1: relaxed. We were at his home in Malibu on this Canyon that has ocean views. It's beautiful. Um, I also know Carter quite well. He's a friend. So, um, we have a very easy jokey relationship. So he was ready to settle in and just chat. He was excited about it. I think somebody at home, maybe Rob, Rob, um, you know, maybe, you he doesn't want you to see all your home or his, sure. kids, his kids were there. I don't know. It could, it, it's a double edge. I think it's, um, as I think about it, as a, as we've talked through this question is, I think it's a case by case basis. I think some people could really kick it off and be awesome, relaxed at home. And other people are like, add an extra veneer because you're in their home because you're they're guarded yeah yeah yeah
0: what so. do, what's what surprised you about this part of the journey in the last year because it's something you've never done yeah. before right outside no. of of in, I mean, in an abstract sense doing it without a microphone right you've done the right. interview part i
1: think the closest thing the podcasting that i do professionally is be a video director and i do a lot of Um, mini documentaries like we call them branded testimonials these are real customers with a real experience like Subaru or the crash survivors Uh, we do stuff for Subaru interview them about their experience so that sort of shepherding conversations making people feel comfortable on camera not just a photography camera but with a video crew and talking to me I try to be this soft little cushion pillow to like express feelings. Some of them are, you know, we do healthcare videos and things too. People have been through some shit in their life, you know, they're going to talk about it. And so you have to have an empathetic view and toe the line between how much you can push somebody or not for a commercial purpose or a a corporate purpose, (laughs) you know? So, um, what surprised me the most, just the response I would say has been really nice. And, um, we've had some great growth and when I say that we're not the biggest podcast, I'm saying for my benchmarks, which were low, and starting from episode one to 24, there's been a consistent growth in audience, in video views, in downloads, like all that stuff. And then Metro Health coming on board as a partner was a huge boost of confidence. They're a, one of the big three hospital systems in town. Sure. Um, they care about the community. I care about the community. That's how they and and the big surprise was how they um the type of underwriting that we have is not a typical ad buy for them. It's more in their corporate social responsibility bucket. They wanna support the arts culture, cool things, innovative efforts. They fortunately view me as a doing something kind of in that spectrum around conversation and creating art through conversation so it just got me, it gets, gets me really fired up about this year. I, I think I can set a goal of having another sponsor added on and, and, but they have to be the right fit. I just don't want anybody, you know, or like I've been approached in certain things and it doesn't mean there's something inherently wrong, but it's like, there's certain things people want from partnerships and I want something from that partnership right. too. <laughs> <Yes>. So <laughs>
0: and they might not be the same thing.
1: Yeah, and, and that's fine. And you find that through, you know, conversation and figuring out what's best, but that's been surprising. Also, just the growth. I'm really working how hard I am on it. You know, I'm spending... Listen, I, I've been in business a long time. I know how much work things take, and I did not underestimate how much work it is to do something at a level that I'll be satisfied with. It takes a tremendous amount of time and energy. But I'm, you know, double that on top of it, how much time, because I'm enjoying it, because of... Um, having a partnership with somebody you want to, to execute at a high level. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it is, but I, I love it, you know? Um, and I'm learning and I'm trying to do the conversations in a way that I, I personally can grow from each one of those contacts. I want to make better portraits at the beginning of the guest. I want to have a little better video production of that episode and I want to have a better conversation. And I also know that I have a lot of work to do in terms of being an interviewer. And so how
0: how is your questioning and your prep work gone in 25 episodes? How has that changed for well, you? Well, I
1: can tell you how it's bad. And, no, no, and, no, no, no. No, no, <laughs> no I can, okay. but that's an honest answer okay. to it. Is it's bad that I will ramble and set up a question, almost spoon-feeding what I might perceive to be one of three options for answers for them. And that comes from being, that's a bad habit from a skill that I need as a video director
0: to get the to, as in to a get corporate the clip, yeah. ad
1: setting or whatever you want sound bites back from people right and I should do a better job of just teeing up the question and walking away from it and then listen to your answer so I have a, a tendency to sort of fill in in these meandering sort of setup questions which when because I edit the audio I don't edit the video but I edit the podcast audio that goes up myself I hate myself every week <laughs> I I do. I hate <laughs> the question, you know, but, um, so what are you doing to fix it? I'm trying to tighten it up. I'm trying to tighten up, get to the essence of the question. So yeah, but, guess- be, but, but
0: like, what does that mean for you? Right? Like what, how are you, how are you practicing that? Like, are you interviewing your family members? <laughs> no, it's just being
1: to- present in the moment, knowing that that's a weak spot for me when I'm in a podcast environment and being conscious, like, I would be now if I was my next question, I would be that little voice would be like, let's tighten this up. I don't need to overexplain. explain I have guests on for a reason. They're they're interesting people, and I need to let them be interesting. And I don't need to set up, how, in a way, how I want the answer to be interesting. So it's a fine line. I don't know. You've listened to a lot of the podcasts. but I've listened to all you, of them, despite no, your
0: judginess. I know I literally have listened to every single one But have one of
1: you them. noticed that as just critical feedback to me? Like, yeah. Do you, does it bug you? Sometimes no, you're like, no, Jesus, it's, Brian, no, no, to the question. No, no, no.
0: It doesn't bug me. I, I, think Here's what I would say. I think interviewing people is difficult. Yeah. Because... As a culture, our job has been to wait for our turn to talk Yeah. as opposed to go, hey, how was your holidays? Yeah. And then just whatever comes right. out of your mouth, I'm going to let you do whatever. Right. That's not a natural gear yeah. in Western society. It's for me to go, how was your holidays? Because I have a story I'd rather tell them whatever the hell you're about to say. True. right? Yeah. So does it bother me? No, it's, an, it's, a, it's the hardest part. It's why yeah. people look at Terry Gross and go, geez she's a genius yeah. right because she has crafted that part of her personality to know how to ask a question and get out of the way yeah and we don't that's not how we talk
1: no it's not how you would normally have i think that separates podcasts kind of from terry gross although i listen to her her podcast version of her show as well but like Podcasts can have this sort of meandering. It's sort of what takes it away from being a show, a t- TV show or a p- uh, you know, because you can get kind of loose and squishy in setups and have some banter that you wouldn't have on um, Charlie Rose or you know, I'm a bad example, but shows like that that are just conversational on television or a, a late night show or whatever where you're trying to do bits but yeah I guess I would meet
0: mm. I totally yes I agree with you because there's a time constraint there that yeah. we don't have right, right. we can a- end this at 22 minutes 46 right. minutes I have a hard
1: stop by the way no, I
0: kidding. didn't ask you and I don't care so um, <laughs> I don't have but, a hard stop but, but what whatever. I meant about her is that she yeah. e- even in that time constraint she's built a time constraint where she knows how yeah. she can she can get to break that veneer down faster than most yeah. human beings because she ha a because she has to right. and b because she's she's gotten to the art of listening
1: right and she's more prepared than than 95% <laughs> there, of the, there the people that. asking questions you know what i mean she's more
0: like, prepared about your life than you are
1: exactly and i think she's also really good at getting back to really hard questions in a way that seems soft so if she follows up with something That is a point of, um, uh, stickiness with that guest or in their history, but she has to talk about it or ask the question. She does it in a way that, um, is masterful and is rooted in knowledge. It isn't just like, tell me something. I have to ask you something salacious. It's in the context of learning, right? Like, help me learn this, learn and learn it's from yours. Bu- not a
0: BuzzFeed article title. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I need to get the salacious thing out so I can get all the clicks. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah. And you know, Brian Kelly says he hates himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do. Yeah. He says he's fat. <laughs> it's true. I'm fat. That's all right. Um, no, but uh, yeah, that sort of process has been amazing in terms of having it's hard to listen to yourself i I think I'm hypercritical in a good way in terms of wanting to use that criticism and filter it towards getting something I envision what the podcast might be a year or two from now in terms of am I good at what I'm doing am I improving it's I don't look at conversation as any different than creating a portrait it's It's art and there's a device each interviewer I love howard stern i love there's so many people I love that are you know. Um, Dex Shepard's another one that I love a lot, just like has a way of disarming people, but it's through their own vulnerability that they get people to share their vulnerability. So these are things I'm thinking of. I'm not going to get there tomorrow on the next shoot or whatever, but, uh, but I want it to, I'm not trying to model specifically, but I'm trying to take um, like I do with photography. I'm inspired by certain photographs and photographers emulating some parts of what inspires me as a photographer inspires me as a podcaster because I admire how certain people ask questions and I'm just trying to modulate and trying to fit for me that feels authentic
0: and so we just came out of the holiday break did you get any time off do you ever take yeah. time off
1: yeah I mean uh, this like year real more, than, more than any any year well it's that's complicated it's complicated um, thing for a couple reasons. I'll go into both of them. One is uh, this year I got I took more time off, but I I had a busy December, much busier than I thought. I had two projects come up in the middle of the month that uh, I was gone for nine or ten days. In the middle of the month, got back just before Christmas. Then my family on my side started to arrive. My parents came in. My brother came in from Boston. We had some of Kathy's family in, and but. I just unplugged. I was toast. I was in Connecticut, and then I was in uh, Arizona. Pretty intense project in, in Arizona. I was pretty burnt out and came back and just decided to unplug. So I did. I felt rested and ready to go. Thought a lot about what I wanted to do. It's like you, though. I think we're always there's always a gear that's in work. You know, like for me, there's always some gear in my head that I'm thinking about. Something related to my business, I don't have a salary, a job, so I have to be as a freelancer. So, if I ever take any time off, you know a little bit about my family dynamic, but my wife and I can never really get away together to do anything. And our kids are 20, 18, and 14. But just through some special needs that two of our kids have, we, we just can't make it work. And our youngest has, um, um, has needs that um, are intense. So for us to get away and truly unplug it, you know, no, not that just doesn't happen. We've been able to be happily, happily married in in that context and love our family and love our dynamic, even though it's non-traditional. Um, it's been, it's a challenge to like unplug and get away, you know, as a family, but also, uh, there's always a lot going on at home. You know, It's not always a restful place. <laughs> so <laughs> Sometimes how you, I rest on the road. Yeah,
0: you know? so is that how you recharge?
1: Well, sometimes. I mean, I do enjoy travel. It's kind of my way away from time away to um, not be in the stress of some of our home care situation. I'm, I, I do not want to paint a picture of what's happening. No, 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 no. No, what's no. Yeah, no. But it's just it has rigors and demands that other home environments don't have. So. Travel is kind of a respite. I get to go and do and only focus on that particular job. I think it makes me effective in those situations, more effective than, I don't say more, but, but just effective in the way that I'm wholly enjoying just only focusing on this and not having like I would at home balance what time am I home to help out with yep. faith or to, you know, sort of give my wife a break and let her do something, you know, I'm, I'm just don't have that constraint. So I loved that, and I loved to travel. I've always loved to travel, and um, but uh, but work is work is a, an escape. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I love what I do, and usually now I'm working on something really interesting and fun. Um, not all the time. I take I'll I'll do lots of different types of sure. jobs, but um, fortunately, I'm, I'm able to work on things that are fun. And the podcast now is one of those things that I'm like, I can't wait to get to, or what guest am I going to try to interview next and balance it between what I do in my home studio versus taking it out on the road.
0: And so what does that look like in 2020? Like when's Uh. the, when's the, when's episode 26, you know,
1: Um, I have three in the can. So I still have one more from LA that I haven't released with a photographer friend of mine, uh, who's an amazing photographer and has an uh, incredible career. And then um I have one that I shot. Well, there's two. Hold on. Oh, I have one episode from Detroit that I shot. Uh that's ready to go. That's probably the next one up. And then I have one I shot of an artist here, Rick Beerhorst in Grand Rapids. So I have three in that three in that one. Queue. Still there. Yeah. So um but work sort of disrupted my whole publishing schedule. I in- intended to get out another episode this month, or last, last month, month in December. Yeah, yeah. and because of that work trip, it didn't. And then I decided to unplug and not try to get out a podcast in December, and then come out swinging in twenty twenty. That's a good.
0: But, that's a good call, by the way.
1: Yeah, I don't regret it. Um, yeah, it was a good move. It was a good move to just like rest. I I made a joke about you know my whole vacation over christmas was basically just finding ways to kill time between meals and i'm paying the price for that <laughs> but god it was great i've got a, pr- a friend who says he's working on his before photo so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would like th- yeah i need to i need to roll that back but um but looking forward to 2020 i think um the mix of location stuff and uh and the tricky part I'm at right now, and maybe you have some insight to it, is I'd be interested if you had any. Was um, I don't I don't want to lose like I don't want people to just think I'm doing episodes outside of Grand Rapids, you know, which quickly becomes what people remember. It's like oh, I, like a, a. It's so fascinating to me if I
0: can yeah. cut you off for a second. Like, it's so fascinating to me. It, I think the last time we talked about this in December of twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. December? It was December oh, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, you know this this whole this world that you live in, <clears throat> this Grand Rapidian sort of part of Dante's Inferno that you live in is, is so fascinating to me because, like, I I don't I don't look at content like that because I just don't I don't run in that circle, right? Like, I don't know that anyone ever goes, well, sure didn't do enough Grand Rapids stuff with your. TikTok experiments, that right. you're doing, you know, yeah. so it's interesting to me that you have to keep that in the back of your mind, which is so not yeah. surreal or strange. It's just, it's a, it, your world is so different than me that I don't know that I have any insight to that because I don't, I don't have that
1: politic. Well, here's what it's born out of. It's born out of that. A lot of people think if I'm, and this is just people I see, friends, business associates or whatever, and they'll go, they remember when you're out of town. And they, so one impression people have of me is like, oh my gosh, you are on the road all the time. Like you travel so much and it's like, I haven't been on a plane in six months, you know, but they remembered that in six months ago, I might've been Mm -hmm. somewhere. Okay. Well, I posted it. Bunch of stuff from Grand Rapids in that time. It You're just like I doesn't had 28 register. pronto pups. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I live for Culver's, All right. You probably saw me I'm at dipping the one. <laughs> pronto pups into the culverts. <laughs> like I'm literally down the yeah. street. It's, uh, but that's a product of what, how impressions are made online. Like, oh, you, you know, th- the perceptions
0: so, by which people
1: decide what you've done in your life versus ex- what you actually did. <laughs> exactly. So I, th- the thing you know, I've had people um, tell me, "Oh, I did you move?" They'll see a bunch of eleva- uh, episodes from LA. Did you, though. did you move to LA? I thought you moved to LA. Like these are real things that happened to me. I thought you moved to LA. Are you still in town? It's like I'm not going anywhere. I just happen to be able to like leave occasionally, rarely, you know, in the context of a year. Am I on the road? You know, I'm, I'm in-state on the road. I go to Detroit and various places, but that doesn't count as travel to me, really. I have to get Which on I LA. wonder,
0: so is it, has that escalated in the last six months since you... I mean, you went on this road trip. You did all these things in five days, but released them essentially over four and a half months. Has that escalated, that whole, like, <laughs> I live in L.A.?
1: Well, that was my concern, is I, I was trying to break it up. I did uh, I did consciously, I think I did two episodes from L.A., then I released one with Emily Petersmark from The Cranes' Wives. And I shot that and released it really quickly because it was here in my studio. And it's like, I did two episodes from L.A. I want to lob one in from Grand Rapids. Like So this rhythm of episodes, I'm probably way overthinking it. You know what I mean? But now it's like... Um, well, I mean, yeah. ob-
0: obviously not if people are still like, hey, man, I hear you live in London now. And you're <laughs> like, what? Uh,
1: what?" Yeah, I don't know where people think I live. I, I just think, uh, you know, the takeaway is I... L- live in Grand Rapids. I spend 90% of my, 95% of my time here, and 90 to 95% of my clients are in Grand Rapids, West Michigan. So, I don't know. The what rant to was say. better than the takeaway, just so you I'm know. I'm sorry. You're welcome. I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm ranting about it. No, no, no it's fine. Attention. I
0: just, I am so fascinated by this. I don't know circle that you run in that's like if I you if you, cir- what's my no, no, circle no. that like if you post yeah. something from oh, LA sure. that you now live in a bungalow you know off of well Sunset, I don't know you know Sunset it's Strip. like I don't
1: it always surprises me and it's not just about the podcast it's just like if I was uh it's more like how much you travel and I understand that that you're it's memorable and you'll think if you're on a trip like you went you and Angie went to South Carolina on a great trip you know so it's like was that a year ago or was that two months ago in my mind's eye right. when I catch up with you? And you're right. like, and I say, oh my gosh, that, that trip you just took. Yes. You'd be like, no, that was 12, 15 months ago. What are you talking about? It was in 2009. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first, first gen Facebook. Right. Yes. But, uh, gen
0: one Facebook is when we took that trip.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so I'm so looking forward. For, I mean, these are nice problems to have. I'm, totally. Uh, it's not a rant. It's so just, what do
0: you, it's, you brought up Emily. What is, um, is the, is the music portion going to be a part of 2020 or is that yeah. sort of a brief experiment?
1: Well, if I happen to have a guest who can play acoustic guitar and sing as beautiful as Emily Petersmark or Brian Vander Ark, and they'll come to the studio and do a one-off video production from it, yeah, we'll do an in-studio session with musicians. I'm not going to do just a musician singing. It's going to be coupled with the same premise of the podcast 100%, a portrait 100 percent. i uh, just uh, yeah. didn't know if
0: that was going to be part of no, 2020 or you just sort of playing to see what happens. i don't
1: have a bucket of like certain things i you know like i'd like to do five musicians this year i don't have it like parceled out Got like it. that it's just when things come up there's certain people i'd love to um partner with the listening room somehow and air um And uh, Quinn's efforts there And see if there's some You know there's ideas Sure You know there's musicians in town I wouldn't be able to do many of them But if some of them want to come in town And do a podcast We could dump them in the studio For a couple hours And see what comes of it I think it's a long shot I don't think people traveling in Want to spend that amount of time But we'll see Brant Van told me that He's like no I wouldn't want to do that If I was out of town (laughs) It's already enough I'm traveling Tired Yeah his masseuse comes at 3.30 pre-show. It's tough. You know, it's squeezing a podcast for the local <laughs> local guy. But um who knows? What about you? What are you gonna do for
0: The Incredible halt? I don't know. I don't I really don't know. It's it, this week, this year feels sort of weird to me, even though we're just a couple days in. It feels like it's got a different energy, and I mean that in a good way, despite mm-hmm. Despite the top layer of the universe, it's pretty shitty. You're like, right. The under part, like the, the down on the ground part feels like it's got a different energy. So I don't know. I'm just kind of excited to see what happens. Because yeah. um, like you, you
1: ramped it up. You, like, you were dormant for a little bit. Yeah. Or, I mean, there was Spurdy mm-hmm. in 2019 a totally. bit. And yep. then you fired it up and then you shifted to do more podcast content. Why was that part of your...
0: Because this is my favorite thing on earth to do is to talk to people. And I I don't have an outlet to do that necessarily. Most of my outlet, as you know, is speaking at people. Sure, yeah. Which is fun. Which I love, yeah. But this is... I would love to do this more. So I'm just... Honestly, I'm just doing this because I I like doing it. Yeah. Um. I don't have any preconceived notions. I don't have any end goal in sight other than if I've got people that are interesting like yourself that will sit down for 40 minutes and give me the time. I absolutely want to has do it, it. Been 40 already. It now. has. Wow. Yes. <laughs> this is the worst ever. Um. <laughs> you know. But uh. So the ramp up was just. Hey, I, much like you said, like, hey, I like doing this. Why am I not doing it more? Oh, sure. I'm not doing it more because I'm not making it a priority. Well, it Let's, does
1: complement your other sort of media streams. I mean, you are doing the things that you have. I mean, you're teaching and informing people. And God knows you're keynoting enough all over the state. I God mean, knows. Keynote here, a keynote there. Oddly starting... enough, not
0: much here, though. <laughs> I have the inverse problem of you. <laughs>
1: well, you know Flint very well. I
0: do know Flint very well. <laughs> 11 times a year, I know Flint very well.
1: Um, But yeah, no. But I, I think it's a good compliment, and you never know where it'll go. That that's the thing is, um, I've had opportunities that have fed my normal business stream. Yeah, I would imagine. The I would imagine, and, a, and I say that not because that was some grand plan. I had no grand plan for it. It's just more eyes on me releasing podcasts. It just puts you top of mind for certain things, and they're just reminded of something that you do well, and maybe they'll engage you and hire you to do it.
0: And I would imagine, um, because of the strategy to put things in LinkedIn, where Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is your content withstanding, LinkedIn is predominantly people yelling at you about the thing they want to sell you. And you're like, no, here's an interesting interview with an interesting person. Enjoy, right? Right. Which I think opens you up for people to go, well, there's video in that. There's photos connected to that. He's a photographer. Maybe I should see if he wants to do this project i have
1: yeah and that's you know that's a snare that's happened a few times last year and i'm sure we'll go forward i think a lot of these social media people be it um, Gary Vee or others you know whatever you think of him or whatever his ideas are very sound i'm a, i'm a fan of his i you know I, I really cut through like the the personality of it to re- i think he is insightful but in terms of giving away you know that jab jab what is it? Three jabs hug, and one hook. One hook. Yeah. yeah. So, just the point of like putting it out and sharing it, um, people will find their own relevancy to what you do, yeah. and whether they just enjoy it because they're like, "Oh, there's a quick snippet of uh, Rob Bell talking to somebody." Um, great. But uh, you've you've
0: had such a great. Guest list in 2019 that I think it can't help but raise your, especially on LinkedIn, right? Because you've got all of these different looks. You've got all the stuff going on with Willy the Kid and Super Dre, and you've got, you've got content that connects to those people. So every single time that they drop a new vodka or celebrate a new restaurant opening, you've got content out in the ecosystem that connects you back to that universe.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to be in business a long enough time to I do have deep connections in the West Mission community. There's very few people I don't think that I could um at least call and invite to be on the podcast where they I would be surprised if they didn't say yes because it's a pretty safe space sure. to come to. Yes. I'm not gonna there's no gotchas. But on um but at the same so I have been able to get that or leverage a relationship like with somebody I have who's not Rob Bell, but they're Rob Bell's best friend and, you know, they can make an intro. And I have no problem and not necessarily nervous about doing that. Um, the, um, But in terms of like developing the guests, I think I just want to build and it's a chicken or egg thing. I went through the same thing with photography and video. It's like you're not given high profile people to photograph until you've photographed whole high, yeah. whole high profile yeah, yeah. people. Like they're just not if you don't have anybody that they recognize, they're not going to give you a recognizable person. Same thing with podcasting, you know, it's the same um, sort of thing. So, um, you, but the other thing, oddly, I'm struggling with is w- what is the podcast about? You know, I mean, am I just trying to talk to as high profile people as I can or, as I, or not? And I, I like the mix right now. I really like talking to just someone that who I find incredibly interesting, who has a great story in whatever field that they're working in. And it's rooted in all this authenticity is just as exciting as talking to Carter Osterhaus in well, Malibu. Yeah. And
0: I mean, I, I certainly don't feel like that's the, your podcast. I feel like given what you do as an art form in photography, right? If we go back to the, the nexus of photography when people thought it was witchcraft and it stole their soul, yeah. um, right? Like a great photography tells a story and then you're just extending that story in an audio form right like you're you're telling a story visually i started to
1: call the the i forget what i wrote it's on my web on the full exposure podcast page but it's like uh the conversation becomes another portrait another version of a portrait of a person so we create a literal portrait through photography and then there's this other portrait of them that emerges through this collaborative conversation that we have. So I'm thinking about those things as I'm like booking people and I'm trying to think of the conversation more as a uh, artful conversation, another way to think about portraiture. Cause that just clicks in my brain. Right. It works for me and other people might think that's weird to talk about a conversation as creating a portrait of somebody, but it just works for how my brain works. And so if I, strip away like all these little insecure little uh, voices i have or doubts that i have about what am i doing what's my next step what does my podcast mean it's like i'm only 24 or 5 episodes in like you know pump the brakes we can take right. got a couple of years to figure this out you know did you um
0: i know you had a list when you started and a couple of those people you actually ticked off in 2019 did, do you add are you an add to the list or did you start a new list for 2020 like is well it, it was
1: there never the list isn't timestamped so it's a wish list so it's just an ongoing it's just wish an list. ongoing wish list they're getting scratched off and added and people I uh, had somebody my wife suggested somebody today it would be really great and I thought oh man I'll see if I can do that but I just thought uh, I can share it I don't know if it'll come through but like Bill Lewis who owns yesterdog yeah he's a Interesting character. Totally. You know, amazing business. Everybody loves or hates Yesterdog, and I think he'd be an interesting guy. I don't know how conversation, I know him, uh, like. Sure, right. I don't, you know, know who he is. I don't, I don't, we're not friendly, you know, but he'd be interesting. That kind of pillar iconic person in West Michigan is kind of cool. Um, In my head,
0: I'm picturing your wish list as like one of those serial killer boards where it's just like your photo with like <laughs> yarn connecting. Yours, yours is <laughs> connect, extra large on that bulletin board right to now. Connecting
1: the... it's, it's had some darts at yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I do have a big, big wish list, you know, and some of them are what would seem improbable names to... Say yes, but I guarantee I'll get a couple of those this of year. Of course, you will. Yeah. And um, how many
0: how many episodes do you want to do in a year? Now that you have got a year under your belt, Is well, twenty five of a safe yeah, one. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm I'm contracted, obligated, contracted at least for for just for the sake of Metro. It's uh it's twenty five episodes. So call it you know two a month. Got it. And but I'd like to do more. I'm like you. If I could do more of this and less of running to Detroit and creating a portrait of a person who was airlifted off a cruise ship. That would be okay with me. All right. Then you know, I mean, that's, a, you know, yeah. I mean, not poo-pooing any type of no, work. No, 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 no. But, but, or a person, but like, you know, um, there's what you do and what you love to do. And I'm beginning to really think that um, I can I can get a couple more partnerships to even do more stuff than I'm doing now and do more locations. What would episodes. that
0: mean more locations? What, like, what would you, if you could, if money yeah. wasn't an object and you could add a, lo- a layer, what would that layer be?
1: Well, it would be a little different podcasting set, you know, here in the studio. And it would be um, the ability to go uh, almost anywhere in the world to do things. Cause I have a lot of side interests. I have a lot of, it's funny that they, they were, they might've been 10 years ago, a bucket list I had of portrait projects global, like wherever I want to go photograph these, uh, there's these guys in, in Spain in the uh, Basque region of Spain that make these stones that they left the big iron guys. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Ancient village, like, you know, portraits of those people. I want to shoot in Portugal, the, the huge wave riders at Nazare and Portugal. I want to take portraits of the surfers that ride these monstrous 90-foot waves and almost die every time they're out in the water. And I also want to interview, and this gets to the podcast, I want to interview them, do portraits, but I've wanted this portrait project for years now. Also, the people that save them on the the wave runners and stuff that haul them out and save their lives every time they get in the ocean. Just interesting stuff like that. Well, that's... Only kind of maybe interesting to me, but I think there's larger metaphors for for life, for the podcast, and those types of things. But I
0: wonder if this form often, because I think about that a lot. I was um, I, when I when I have guests on, and I'm like, well, I'm interested, and then I don't really have any idea it's going to connect, and then it connects, right? Yeah. I I wonder if your your attachment to the content brings people along, right? Like, well, he's into these so. guys, you know. I didn't even know that I didn't even know guys surfed 90 but foot. Isn't weight, the right? most
1: memorable. So when you get into an episode by whoever and you're like I I I accidentally started auto-playing and I almost sudden I got sucked into this conversation. Um those episodes become more memorable than yeah, than I mean some of the ones you're like really hoping that uh what would be one like um Martin short was on Conan O'Brien I needs a friend, you know, and it's like, I didn't really learn anything new, but I enjoyed it. It was funny. But then you'll have somebody on that. You don't know very well. Or Marin's another one. Marin's one where, you know, I don't know who that, Rogan's another one. I don't know who this person is, but you end up listening and then you're just blown away. So hopefully, yeah, you do our content. You're, you're leading your audience to a watering hole of some kind and they enjoy it. And other times, you know, um, I don't know, but I think it can only start with the authenticity of what I feel interesting. I'm not going to necessarily take a deep dive on the nuances of coffee with a barista because I don't honestly care. I like, enjoy coffee. I don't want to have an hour-long conversation about coffee. (laughs) I don't, but I respect what they do. Sure, But I'm not going to, you know. So, I don't know where that ends up. So, yeah, if money weren't an object, I would... um, I would think deeper about regional sort of cultural stories. I'm very interested in that. I'm really concerned with the myopia that Americans view the world and how narrow the value of outside cultures takes in our own society. It's dismissed and doesn't seem relevant. And which, we,
0: which is funny because it makes you think of, at least me, it makes me immediately miss Anthony Bourdain. Yes. Right.
1: Well, here's a template that nah, you bring it up. Like, yeah. Like who wouldn't want that job? Eat and have conversation. Yeah.
0: But I mean, I, I, again, much like Terry Gross, I think people, I know you're not boiling it down to the simple sh- sugar version of what he does. I think a lot of people look at that and go, I could do that.
1: No, no, no you, you couldn't. can't do that. No, you could no. not do that. No. And I say that saying it, it's an enormous challenge for me even to think about going to other places or other countries, you know, and talk about other things. But there's plenty of stories in my backyard. That's the other thing is, you know, every time I get a little too big for my britches and I think I should be working in other parts of the country more often and all that stuff, I, that is always the wrong move for me. It's the wrong attitude. If I tend my own garden first, it, the, the harvest is is so much more authentic and easier and who I am and where I'm from. And so that's where I struggle with that, going back 10 minutes is, you know, is it running about to places and locations or is it just my backyard and let's tend my garden and make it beautiful here? And I have the opportunity to both, which is really exciting.
0: And I think that, yeah, I think that's a sweet spot. Yeah. So, okay, if people don't know how to find the podcast, how do they find you?
1: Full exposurepodcast.com so um, that's the online what's nice about the website is it has everything on one page so every guest has their dedicated episode page you can just open a web browser and stream the full audio there or on your phone doesn't matter you can see the video excerpts of everything we put up from the conversation and the portraits I make and I write a little burb about it so literally on one page you can see everything you need to see about that episode we're also on apple podcasts and stitcher and google play and spotify, spotify if you want uh just the audio version but it's full exposure or just full exposure podcasts on those platforms facebook too, full exposure podcast thanks friend thank you buddy It's glad to kick off the year with you
0: have a wonderful 2020
1: we'll do that together
0: you and me <laughs> yes we will <laughs> thanks for ruining the ending you're my favorite that's what i do